0: Good evening and welcome to episode 14 of Chalk Talk here on Microbrew Radio. Our very special guest tonight, all the way from the States in Las Vegas, is Florian Kohler. There's the applause, it goes on a little. Um, I hope I've pronounced your name right there. Yeah, no, that was correct. Yeah, excellent. No, good, that's, that's good Thank you. Um, yeah, no, brilliant. Absolutely amazing to have you on the show. Um, I'm like star-studded, so I, I assume most of our fans will be as well. Um, have you had a good week so far? Is everything okay? Yeah, I think so. I can't
1: remember already half of it. It goes too fast for me. So it's just
0: uh, it's very busy. Brutal. Very busy. I assume we're going to get started with the questions. We're going to jump straight into it. Um, firstly, an obvious question: How did you first get into pool?
1: Um, well, so this is uh, probably one of the interesting one, right? So I didn't really know how to play pool at all uh, when I started. I mean, I you know I had a few contacts with uh, the game a little bit here and there, but not really what anything you would see or you'd think you would see. And uh, so, you know, I hear this out of the radio. It was probably about 17 years old. And uh, somebody was selling an old pool table for like, you know, this is like, I can't remember, it's like 200 euros, something like that. It was something really cheap. They're just trying to get rid of it, right? And I'm like, hey, can we get this for the house? And, you know, I you don't know my dad's like yeah if you want to you know if you get your exam whatever you know whatever that's you know for the thing and you says you will we'll go get it and he's probably pumped about it too actually he was hoping he's going to play
0: there and uh so you know so did you did you play much with your dad did you get the better of him at the start yes yeah, so
1: basically i looked at those videos online right started to um to to learn a few trick shots here and there and then uh Took maybe about a, about a year later. I pretty much knew all the trick shot that they've been doing the last 50 years, I'd say. Um, oh, wow. You know, so maybe, you know, maybe less than two years. Uh, funny thing, though, is I never really learned to play normal pool at the moment yet. So, um, but I still could hang in there because he was uh, a better pool player at the beginning. But um, after a while, yeah, I had to learn real pool too and that was, uh, that was it for him.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So, I mean, your trick shots are obviously absolutely insane. You know, some of the things are just mind-boggling um what kind of give you that inspiration at the start to to get into doing the trick shots
1: so it really is the continuation of that story right so after you know a year and a half to whatever and you all the trick shots they're doing the last 50 years to 100 years i'm like you know what's what's next now right and to be fair you know as much as normal pool i like to play it wasn't like the main thing i was interested into uh so i decided to uh do my own version of trick shots pretty much like hey you know what if why is nobody coming up with new things and uh You got to think too this is what a you know like this is the time when everybody was doing crazy stuff on skateboards and bmx whatever everybody coming with this you know one guy in motorcycles created backflip then they did double then this and that right and i figured it'll just really kind of match into that and just really uh follow the same line and it's exactly what i did i just decided to go more extreme more um more new and more you know pretty much unseen right and uh, because I started with trick shot and that was a normal pool, I didn't have a bunch of those preconceived ideas. This is impossible. Or, this is not what, you know, this is not the way. And so instead of being a pool player slash trick shot artist, I become a trick shot artist slash pool player. And I think that changed the whole mindset. And, you know, to be fair, even at this moment, of, you know, more than 15 years later, um, I still don't see any kids really coming up with new shots. Like, you know, some of them have a few cool trick shots here and there, but. As far as new concept goes i pretty much just that's all i did for a while and i was setting my in my head as like you know i'm gonna I'm gonna stop as soon as i see a kid that's better technically and there has got new ideas but to be fair i haven't seen that yet so i'm still there
0: <laughs> yeah no you've you've set a bar that's so high it's it's going to be hard to match what you do which you know that must feel amazing in you in yourself
1: in a way, yes, and in a way, no, right? Because, I mean, in every other sport, you know, let's say you're talking about mo- motorcycle, right? And that those guys, they, they put the bar so high, you know, we're talking Travis Pastrana and all those guys. Sure, but, I mean, kid, new kid, newcomers, they came up and they still beating that nowadays, right? And at this moment, for me, I don't really feel like this is the case. I don't know if it's because, you know, it's just a imagination limit or if it's just the skill. But either way, I, I don't really see that bar being pushed. Too too high at the moment, so I'm like, wow. So I still have some stuff to offer, I guess, and uh, just I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing it. But I actually can't wait till somebody comes up with something new, a new concept and stuff, so I can go back into it and get a little more motivation because yeah. it's uh, you know it's one thing to to work hard to be at the top, but I don't see it there. It's like okay, what's what's next, right? What's the next motivation? And I did pretty much everything I need to do. I won the tournament. I won this. I did the show. I did the normal TV show. I mean, I did all kind of stuff, right? So I need a little bit of a, of a new new motivation and I, I can't wait till it comes in.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So you, you, what you're saying is you need a challenger, really. You need someone to come through.
1: Yeah, with new things, they're not like, you know, not just like doing my stuff and be like, oh, I'm like Venom. No, this doesn't really matter for trick shot, right? It's like, I could care less because at the end of the day, you know, we have plenty of great, skillful, skilled player, right? Mm-hmm. And if you put in the time, you'll probably do what I can do. It's not really a matter of, being impossible i mean some of them sure you know it takes you know years of experience to masters and and especially doing it live but as far as video goes you know any kid that you just train for a few years they'll be able to do what i do the question is can they come up with something new right and that's what i've been waiting on for
0: so long (laughs) yeah no that's fair enough that is definitely fair enough Um, just a word on obviously your nickname is is venom where did that come from
1: so, unrelated to old Spider-Man and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so, again, it comes back to the very beginning. So, when I first started, I uh, I had no clue what to do. And, you know, when you start to do mass a-shot and jumps, if you have no clue, it's just very damaging. And uh, so, one day, my dad comes upstairs to look at the table, like, you know, you're in French, you're freaking poison for the table. That That's unreal, blah, 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 I got in trouble. And then, when uh, I first came to the US and um, decided to play a few tournaments, I can't remember exactly who said that, but I was explaining that story because they kind of give you your nickname. And uh, I think it was Tom Rossman, uh, Dr. Q, who said, uh, oh, we should call you Venom because Poison doesn't really work as good. And I was like, yeah, Venom kind of stands yeah, out pretty nice and uh,
0: it's stuck ever since. Yeah, it's a very good name. It, it definitely works. Um, at the start of you creating your channel and, and doing what you do, were the subscribers kind of was it instant or did it take a while to gather up a bit of speed?
1: Um, it's a very interesting story again, I suppose. I mean, you gotta think the landscape's very different from what we currently see as far influencer and social media goes at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was the beginning of, of YouTube when nobody had necessarily uh, high, you know, high speed connection and everything. So As far as posting videos it was very short contents like three minutes max whatever right something that people had the bandwidth for um and so i started posting and you know it was rather slow i just posted every time i had a new compilation and some of them they're terrible but you know i never took them out of the youtube channel because i figured it's kind of a a story right it's it's a full story that keeps on going and i want people to be able to go back and like wow he was that bad right and so at some point, I was like, yeah, it needs to be cleaned out so it looks, you know, more professional. But in a way, it tells my story, so I just kind of left it. So if you really go back to like, you know, 10 plus years before, it's it's pretty laughable. But, you know, I kept doing it, I kept doing it, and I got better with it so you can see all the progress. And then after a while, I um, had a few videos here and there that looked pretty good. and uh, But still nothing really viral at this point. So, uh I think a couple of years later i think you know before i was 20 i had a guy from uh, canada that uh that was doing pool videos that saw me he's like hey let's do a, a new trick shot dvd because you know there hasn't been one since you know, mike massey pretty much and it was you know it was never really a high quality one so we went there put all our money together uh, went to canada and filmed this in the middle of a corn uh, like a cornfield in the warehouse I Man, it was it was really interesting but we made it happen and it looked fantastic. So get this DVD together and we're like, okay, we're going to sell a bunch of copies, and make money back. So we post, um, it post the trailer online. People love it. starts to get a lot of traction from there. And then I think about a, a week later, somebody, after we released the video, uh, somebody takes the DVD, rips it off and put it on social media everywhere for free. Oh, wow. So we're like, man, you know, this is going to be bad. But then, uh, I think next thing you know in like two or three weeks there's like a hundred million views on it. Oh, wow. And so what it did, it pretty much we didn't make any money on D V D so that kinda of sucked. But it, it launched me and it really made me um kind of visible to everyone and from there it just exploded and uh everything kinda of gathered speed and uh when we did for the next video we decided to put it all online and that's when it really, really took traction.
0: Yeah, that's it's a great story behind it. Um Obviously, you've got the most views online of any pool player ever, which is it's incredible. Going, I mean, you know that already. But did you, when you first started and you, and you first started doing these things, did you see yourself setting that bar? You know, the bar that we spoke about being so high. Did you see yourself that happening?
1: No, not at all. I don't think he was even on the on the menu at this moment. You know, I mean, it was just uh, me having fun in in my attic, really um but you know once you start putting the work in and, and start putting the money in and start to putting a lot of efforts you kind of do expect some results but i think at the end of the day it works because i just love what i'm doing and i just kept going at it and going at it and you know no matter what people said i just kept going no matter the criticism no matter you know pretty much anything and yeah we just set that bar so high on everything not just the production but the shots and you know before trickshot was more like a it wasn't really a video sport, right? It was uh, it was something you had to do live 100%, and if it didn't work in three tries, probably not that great of an idea. Because you know we had a few people doing attempts and going some crazy trick shots, but it just really what really took off. It really didn't took off this way. And uh, I kind of combined this and and made the best out of everything as far as picking them to look good and to be uh, you know as good as as uh, skill wise and stuff too, and try to appeal it for more just. Uh, not just the pool players, but also the mass media, right?
0: Yeah, brilliant. We're going to talk about your Guinness World Records. I believe you have, you have seven, is that correct? No, I have 12 currently. 12 currently. Brilliant. Okay, it's even Five, better. 11,
1: actually. It, it keeps changing, right? Because you're going to have one and he beats one. So, I mean, I would say... Like a month ago, I had 12. I think I have 11 now. I think somebody beats the spinning record.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you, don't you've, you've worry. You've got to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, would you like to talk us through them? Yeah. Um,
1: so, you know, Guinness is this very interesting thing. Again, it goes back to, to the story, right? You pretty much do a few things here and there. People start doing TV show, and then I got contacted to do a TV show in Italy for uh, Guinness World Record which I thought was pretty cool because as far as putting a, yourself on the map, I mean, what is more recognizable than, you know, a Guinness World Record, not much in life. I mean, I, to me, it's more, more value than, uh, than a World Championship for trick shots, for example. It's, it's not that nobody cares about a World Championship for trick shot, but they would have no clue. You tell them a Guinness World Record and like here in the book, they're like, yeah, that's is, you know, this is pretty special. Yeah. So that was the thing in 2014 already when I did my first one. So they invited me to Italy to do this, uh, this TV show and uh, it was the most ball jumped over an obstacle in a minute and uh, it was some Chinese person that had it uh, when they did it first, when they created it, it was like 30 balls something like okay whatever, that's cool, so I practiced a little bit and then uh, when I get to Italy I realized I wasn't the only one, they had a challenger with me actually, so which I didn't know, they didn't tell me, I thought it was just mine, so it all beat it easily. So they have these guys, and I mean, Stefano Palinga is a good friend of mine, but he's, you know, he's a pretty solid trick shot artist, too. Um, Hall of Famer trick shot guy. So uh, so I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be tough. But anyway, I did the TV show, um, went there, and uh, I think I, I did, like, I, I more than double the score of the previous guy, basically. Nice. So from there, they are really happy. Uh, so I got my first Guinness World Record, and then... Uh, really put me on the map with those guys and um they were they're really happy and we, we kept creating more and had the opportunity to collaborate more for other things when they were in vegas then uh, did a few other things uh for guinness world record day and uh so we start to add up right and then the last one that i was really uh, really happy with it uh was during uh, covid we decided to i was a little uh, You know, you're talking about somebody who takes a hundred plus flights a year, so, you know, puts me in a house for six months. It's going to be tricky. And uh, so I decided to do the most trick shot played in uh, 24 hours and I went live on Facebook, YouTube, whatever, everywhere and just played trick shots for 24 hours straight period. So, which was uh, really cool. So I think that ended up being 753 trick shots made. Uh, and they all had to be part of a program and all done in three tries so if you didn't do it three tries kind of zero and just keeps on going really
0: oh wow and how many followers did you get for for that for that day
1: i don't know uh i'm not sure i don't remember i mean it was it's quite a bit it was just a long live uh it was also to celebrate a little bit the million subscribers i had on youtube so i honestly can't remember but it was i just remembered the the physical and and the mental part of it which i thought was pretty cool but I think uh, I think I may go for a little bit longer next time. So yeah, I'll never know. Well, see, you, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Well, we'll keep an eye out. Make sure all of you that are listening at home keep an eye out for that because that will be brilliant. I noticed that you. I'm not sure if you still do them, but you did do exhibition nights. Is that correct? Oh, I still do a lot of them. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and how how do they go? You know, how do they work on a on a typical exhibition night?
1: so you know that's another thing that sets me apart i guess from the competition a little bit uh not a lot of us can make a living from this right it's not a very i mean it's still a very niche sport right so the trick is that you have to be able to do good videos which is one thing and we have plenty of people doing that uh because you know most most the public they will not know the difference if you invented it or they did it doesn't really matter them anyway but the real trick is to do them live right so um, I really worked hard uh, over the years to create a, a good solid show that's both you know like funny entertaining and also has the skills into it and involves the audience a lot and uh, you know when uh, when I first started this was pretty much the only way to make uh, make money so uh, one show is what made you uh, made you eat really at the end of the month uh, so I kept on going and uh, and I just have a very solid uh, solid act right now in the US it's Pretty much only uh, Mike Massey, Tom Rossman, and myself that can um, then do this for a living. And, you know, both the other guys are going towards retirement. So uh, I should be, you know, pretty much set here. And uh, the show is about an hour long because, to my opinion, that's about the most you can get as far as people's attention before it starts to get, you know, boring or something like that. I involve the crowd a lot. I start literally from scratch totally. I don't even hit a ball on the table a warm-up that's kind of entertaining to get started and then the more the show goes on the more the shots are getting harder and harder and usually finish on a high note uh you know and that's that's pretty much what it is involve uh I don't know about 10 15 people during the show as well sort of like a like a magic act when people bring on people and uh, I would say probably about 40 trick shots get into in an hour so it's it's pretty fast paced and, and you know well packed
0: yeah I can imagine it's very entertaining
1: um, yeah, and you know, there's a routine that you follow a, a set guideline pretty much for most of it. But uh, for example, like this weekend, I was in St. Louis for uh, a juniors tournament for the AP last, uh, juniors. And so I just went there and I'm like, did my little warm up and like, all right, kids, what do you want to see? And they just gave me a bunch of ideas and he just went sideways. It was, it was perfect. So uh, you know, ended up at the end to like jumping one table, uh, one cue to like three tables. So it was, you know, it was pretty cool.
0: Good. No, that's, that's very good. Um, do you do any of them in, in Vegas or, or is it more branched out?
1: I, I go, I go everywhere I have to go. Uh, I don't have a, a residency. So per se in Vegas, but we do have a lot of uh, pool tournament that come in Vegas. So chances are during the year, I'll probably do 10, 15 here uh and then um for the rest i go pretty much everywhere i have to go i know uh, next month i'm trying to take a little bit of a of a break but after that i have kentucky i have um where i have san diego i have uh oklahoma i mean uh, pretty much everywhere and then even countries i mean i'm looking to go to Cameroon probably this year oh yeah okay uh yeah pretty much wherever whatever happens
0: <laughs> yeah no that's class that is really good um where has been so far your favorite venue to do an ex- exhibition night?
1: Mm, that's, a, that's a very tough question. Honestly, hard to, um, hard to say, but uh, I think, I mean, there's really all kind of different things, right? Because some shows are better than others. And sometimes, you know, the smallest bar with two tables can be the most entertaining one. Uh, and it goes, you know, I go from doing a small show like this in, in a small, you know, crappy looking dive bar but people are really into it to like doing a, a show for the Prince of Dubai, right in their in their mansion. So it, there's really no like saying I think this is better than others, but uh, in my heart, I think the the ones in Vegas, we had a we used to have one uh, in Vegas for pool events. Uh, they called it a pool party. They put a pool table outside uh, in the summer at night by the pool. and we just had like a massive crowd of like thousands of people around there. That just gathered like crazy. And uh, I think this was a, this was pretty much a highlight because it's so difficult to get everything right, but there were so many people, which was also very cool. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't really can't really pick. It's hard to say.
0: Okay, no, that's that's a fair enough answer. Um, in terms of do do you have like do you find yourself having celebrities ask you to do exhibitions for them, or has that ever happened before? Yeah, I had a
1: obviously I did a lot of TV show. I mean, I did everything from France Got Talent to Germany Got Talent to Romania's Got Talent to like a bunch of the other things. Uh, so a lot of those talent shows. So I had definitely celebrities. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. For example, here locally we had a uh, Robin Leach who was a uh, did a TV show called Lifestyle: The Rich and Famous, very big in the U.S. Uh, unfortunately, passed away now. But I mean, he was big into it, so I did a few shots for him i did uh i did ben stiller i had a, a, really? a double for ben stiller's done double for a pool a pool segment yeah uh i did you know steve harvey i saw um the heidi Klum in one of the german tv show uh yeah really a, a bunch actually um it, and it's it's funny i mean some of them are really nice some of them not as much not as much you know I won't, I won't go into details did a show for uh for president the president of malta Oh, really? Uh, like I said, the Prince of Dubai. I mean, yeah, all kind of things. And uh, I don't know if you can call her a celebrity, too, but recently I did a show for um, uh, one of the biggest companies in the U.S. Um, uh, what is this called again? Cisco. All the high executives. So they all came in and, uh, in private jets and, you know, those crazy limo or whatever. And how a ball. I played pool with, uh, with you know, the, the CEO and all those guys out there. It's pretty cool.
0: Does it... You know, I know you've been doing it for a long time and you're incredible at what you do, but does it not phase you at all? Do you not like, do you get nervous or?
1: You know, I think you pass the nervousness away with experience, really. I mean, if it's a TV show could be a little tough sometimes. They don't really get me nervous nervous anymore, but you know, you have like one shot at it or whatever, if it's live, you know, it's it's a little more tricky. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, all those things are done by people just like you and I, so they're not any special, so you know, that I have to do it for Joe Schmuck in his backyard or, or Prince. It's really pretty much in the end of the day, the same thing. And, uh, the good news with trick shots is, you know, what I learned through the time. And I learned through this, some of these other guys that I, that I was watching, you know, growing up uh, live show is kind of its own science by itself. So even if you have a bad day in trick shots as long as you are entertaining and that you can still make a few shots here and there you have a backup plan of a backup plan you're always gonna be good and uh, it was again tom rossman who told me that you know i think he's done he's done a show and where he missed probably every single shot it says that people still laugh so you know then then you knew you're good and uh, that's pretty much the same thing so as far as this goes there's no nervousness uh Many any nervous thing is probably just on TV and it's mostly because they don't give you the proper time to probably get ready for it or they want something that you are not uh, prepared or planning for it in a way, right? So they don't necessarily understand the difference. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I just want—I was just interested. We, we have our own um, pool associations over here in England, obviously. I was just interested on how the, the APA worked.
1: So, EPA is the biggest uh, amateur pool league in the world, um, hands down, really. I mean, you think in the US, it's about a quarter million members. They branch out to Canada, they branch out to Japan. They just have an an open one in Singapore, and I think they have a test league in India. So, they're going a little more, um, uh, you know, worldwide, I would say. Uh, It's very interesting. So, it's sort of like a franchising system, right? But it it really is a franchise system. So just like you'd have a McDonald's or a Subway, so you have different uh, places. So, for example, in the U.S. here, I have the franchise in Las Vegas. And so I have about 800 players that play pool every week. So it's a handicap league. uh, Go from one to nine in nine balls to our handicap. One being your neighbor that never held a cue and nine being somebody who runs out. And then eight ball, they go from two to seven. And uh, they have a team. Team uh, teams of five to eight people on the roster, you're going to play five matches and the f- combined handicap of those five matches cannot exceed 23. Right, okay. So the genius in that and also the tough part is that uh, first, you know, people are going to get better. So let's say you're three that one year in a couple of years, you're five. Right. So you people have to constantly move and change people and recruit new people. So the hard part is that, you know, you have to always find new guys, new people to play pool and you always have to move teams around, but the good news is that um, no team is supposed to be winning all the time, right? It's, it's a completely fair system. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of a, a lottery to see who's gonna win the year because of the handicap. So there's obviously some strategy that can make it a little easier or not to control, but uh, in general, it's very, very hard to predict who's gonna win, not like uh, in, in a pro tournament when you have the best guy do- dominates and that's it, right?
0: Yeah, no, that sounds, it does actually sound really interesting. Um, it's something I'd definitely look, like to look into a little bit more. What has been over the years your favourite event?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, probably our, our uh, World Championship at the at, at, for the APA at the Westgate. Uh, it's a big casino here and uh, it's really amazing. They bring out uh, close to 500 pool tables and uh, it's about I think it's 10 to 20,000 people coming in only pool players wow. so you can imagine it's sort of like a mecca pool and it's just you know the first time you get into this place and you see that room it's like an ocean of pool tables. it's very hard to describe oh, I can imagine it's it's carnage <laughs> that many people oh and especially for us you know coming from Europe see a big space like this and that many pool table I mean even though England is not France it's a you know pools a lot more developed i mean you still don't see that right It just i mean i don't know what the biggest tournament in england is but can't be much more than 50 tables right
0: um yeah i mean we have we do like a county finals and, and they have obviously world championships and things like that they had one not long ago in a place called bridlington i'm not sure as, as to how many tables there were but i don't think it was near 500 so yeah um, yeah i, yeah. I, I, I mean imagine. and you know
1: just just the fact that there's like 10,000 pool players i mean imagine the You know, imagine the atmosphere. It's it's pretty nuts. I bet it's amazing. Yeah,
0: no, that's excellent. Um, Just a a question. Obviously, you you started quite late, really, in terms of playing pool, in comparison to to what a lot of people do. Um, So, what was what did you do before pool? Um,
1: I was, you know, pretty good at pretty much every little every sport that attempted as a kid. You know, kind of just going in it. But uh, I am a black belt in judo, so that's what I did pretty much at the you know more seriously, I would say, uh, and I did tournament all the way to like national level when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17. But unfortunately, I grew up to be a little tall and skinny rather than, uh, than a little bulkier. And then in judo, when you're my weights uh, from my height, it's a little tricky, so it didn't really go too well. A bit of injuries here and there and stuff. So I still, you know, I still love what, uh, what the sport taught me, though. It's uh, a lot of discipline, a lot of uh, you know, hard work and. Uh, so there's that, and then uh, you know, pool really just took over anyway after that. And uh, just now, I I started a couple of years back again. I started to um, go back to fencing, and I'm um, taking it a little more seriously again, uh, just you know, just to uh, decompress, I'll say, and uh, you know, it was fun too. So I'm not quite the same same level yet, but you know, when you have a competitive mind, it's always tough to just stay. Uh, Stay at the basic level where you always want to get better, no matter what, even though it makes no sense. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, it's it's good that you've got kind of side hobbies as well as you obviously love pool and that is you know your job and everything. But it's definitely good that you have a side thing that you can work on with it being fencing. That is, you know,
1: yeah, you know, I think it was just that time of the, in my life when I needed something a little more physical because pool is great, and I mean, I really, you know, I, I couldn't do enough a day pool related stuff and you know if i don't play normal pool i'll play trick shot if i don't play trick shot i'll play three cushion so i always have something to do and i always keep in stroke regardless but you know unfortunately i need something a little more physical and i used to run a lot too and stuff but vegas being so hot in the summer we kind of lose that it's just you know when it gets to 40 degree 45 Celsius, you're like yeah i don't know if i want to go out and run <laughs> Yeah, no,
0: not in, not in that heat no definitely not have you ever played any any English pool, or have you strictly always been? Yeah, no, I've played. Uh, so I've played a little
1: bit of snooker when I get access to a table. I, you know, obviously we we don't have it in America, so that's not really happening. Uh, we don't really have too many in France, but we had a couple there, so I did play a few times. Uh, I think my highest break in snooker is like seventy nine, so nothing, you know, too crazy, but man, not so so bad I still go for somebody who played like good. five times his life. And then uh, when I did to, I did a bunch of tours in Australia. So when I went there, I had to learn, uh, you know, obviously English pool, which was uh, much tougher than expected. But uh, no, I do, I do enjoy it. It's a slightly different game. It's a bit, uh, a bit less aggressive in a way. But I tell you what, when I see those top guys, the way they move the cue ball on these small tables, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, the Chris mailings and uh, guys like that. So I'm like, wow, you
0: know, Have you that's a, real talent there. Definitely, definitely is, yeah. Um, We've got Chris Melling on the show on the 28th of July, so I'm looking forward oh, to it. Oh, nice. Him. You're going to have a...
1: Uh, well, if you uh, if you have him uh, in July, remember for me, uh, ask him how his uh, chicken soup was in China. Uh, you know what? I'll quickly note that down
0: for you. I definitely will ask him. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, <laughs> let's hope he gives you the full story. Uh, I can oh. give you the story now, but it'll be better if... Uh, i'll i'll get it out of him don't worry because I, I was
0: with him in china not long ago but uh, about a
1: month ago and that's uh, that's when it happened so make sure you are uh, you ask him how his chicken yeah, soup no, was
0: I will, I, i'm gonna note that down in a second and um i will make sure i'll make sure i ask him yeah no that's amazing so have you have you met many of the other english um players other than chris or
1: um yeah i mean uh i know i know jason shaw obviously who's now uh, lives in the states some great and uh, his wife and mine are kind of friends, uh, you know, obviously is, uh, you know, good dude, Darren Appleton, I mean, I even did show for his tour when he had it in America. Oh, I mean, Darren, absolute monster player too, um, you know, especially when he was in his prime, I mean, he's unbeatable. Uh, I did. Uh, I did a few things for the BBC for the Snooker World Championship, so I met most of those guys out there. Nice. Uh, we actually put a pool table in a train station in Sheffield and did a few things. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve Davis had a good kick out of it. So yeah, it's uh, I've been around. I mean, you know, don't know exactly uh, how many I've seen, or, but uh, yeah, no, I've been I've been around the block a bit. A bit.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So, would an exhibition in England interest you if if you were? And you might have done one before, but would that be something for something of interest?
1: Yeah, so I've done like a TV and and stuff like that related, but uh, no real uh, club exhibition at the moment. So I don't know exactly why. I think part of the issue is mainly the lack of uh, of US pool tables. And uh, and to be fair, you know, I know Chris Melling is doing exhibition out there, so we all kind of have our own territories. That you know, the exhibition just kind of flows there. Uh, for me, it's the US. For me, it's the UK. But. Uh, it would, I mean, I did one show on a on an English pool table, and uh, this was pretty hard. To be fair, it was not a, not quite the same thing, the so same, I have to yeah. adjust the, the the show a little bit. I do believe, you know, my stroke is more geared towards American pool because of the size. Um, but you know, I mean, I know most of it can be done on a, on, a, on an English pool table, but I, I bet if we had a, you know the ability to do it on an on American pool table and do a little tour, it would work great. Think. Most of the problem really comes down to uh, budgets and uh, the fact that clubs are not as—it's um, not quite the same as in America, right? In America, it's more pool rooms that are business. In in Europe, in general, it's more clubs that are nonprofits. So, in order to find a budget to, you know, make a tour or show happen, it's uh, it's not so easy. And obviously, because of the travel, uh, it can you know go up pretty quick in price. Just you know, when you have a two grand flight to pay, so
0: you know. Yeah, of course. I completely understand that. Um, you never know for the future. That's what I always say. You never know what might be. Oh, absolutely.
1: I would, I would love to go there because I think uh, th- it would be really good banter. Uh, there's a lot of good banter in my show and I, I really you know, have fun with it and I think uh, as far as the English crowds are, not only are they knowledgeable but they also like the banter so I think
0: they'll be uh, perfectly fitted actually for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The fans over here would, would love it and um, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future, Florian. <laughs> You've obviously, you've been most places in the world, you've got fans worldwide. How does that feel? Because, you know, if I get like a little bit of praise, I feel amazing. It must feel incredible. Uh, Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the good news pool is such a
1: small world. And I always tell someone, if there's any problem, I can literally go anywhere in the world and I'll find a place to stay that night. I guarantee you that. It's not a question, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that, I think, is pretty cool. As far as the celebrity thing out of it, I mean... Uh, I'm glad it's just pool because I'm not necessarily the biggest fan. You know, it's like uh, your life's a little bit more complicated. Um, You know, I liked better to be a a nobody in a way because you can do what the heck you want. And it doesn't really it's not a problem. You know, celebrity status comes a little bit of a baggage and it's not easy. You have to to handle it. But I mean, sometimes it's cool. You know, like I was at the airport uh, was like, oh, yeah, um, Friday when I left here. I uh, went in. Uh, I think I had layover in Salt Lake City, and I go to a restroom, you know, minding my own business. And this guy looks at me like, "Oh my god, oh my god, are you Florian?" It's like, "Yeah." It's like, "Oh, I'm a big fan." I'm like in the restroom here, so <laughs> trying to pee, you know. Can you leave me? So was in very interesting. So sometimes it's a little bit interesting, and uh, you know, if in a pool room, there's no real question. People know who I am, so they'll, they'll approach me right away. But in a in a public setting like this, sometimes it's kind of interesting, or like in the middle of an elevator ride, sometimes people looking at you are like, "Okay." Am I getting recognized,
0: or what's you know what's the deal here? Yeah, I can I can imagine that that, that feels a little a little awkward, maybe especially in the in the toilets, Yeah, I mean, say.
1: and I've had a guy. Uh, it was here when they're the big championship we were going. I was driving, and I got a guy literally stop. I know I'm stopping at a red light, go out of his car to try to take an autograph and in God. my car. I was like, dude, it's a bit you know <laughs> bit much, maybe deep. much, but you know, yeah. That's fair. Honestly, weird. I can only imagine that the likes of and Sullivan or like that must be uh, unbelievable. Uh, not in a good way, I think personally, but I think it's, uh, it's very tricky.
0: It must, yeah, it must be, it must be when you, you know, yeah, I suppose you just kind of want to be left alone.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if it's in a, in a public setting when you're actually working and, uh, you know, it's great to have fans like, you know, like this weekend, again, at the same, at the same junior, I, I signed autograph for like two hours. So it's fantastic. I mean, I love to, you know, talk with people and get their, get what's on their mind and, and, you know, make them happy, right? But it's a bit different if you're just trying to get dinner in the hotel and like people stopping you and, you know, that's like, eh, whatever, right? But I mean, I I never say no. Um, I don't like to because I think it's just kind of a, it's not a good, not a good look on on your person. And uh, as far as, you know, especially pool being such a small world, I think uh, we all have to behave, you know, properly, accordingly and and as professionally as we can, so. Um, but like I said, I'm glad I'm not like a superstar, uh, you know, famous, uh, level movie stars level. Right. Cause that would be insane.
0: Yeah. I can imagine their lives are crazy. Um, it, just to, you know, there's, there's a few months left of this year yet. Do you have many exciting things lined up? Um, yeah, like I said, so a bunch of shows, um,
1: sounds like the normal stuff. Uh, I do want to get back on a couple of world records probably, um, I mean, the first objective was to go past 10. Now I have that. So I think now the next one is going to do past 15 of them. Uh, ideally, you know, if I could left a trace in history by being the pool player that has the most Guinness World Record, that would be kind of cool. Uh, the problem is the Guinness World Record is it's it's made to be beaten, right? It's it's a mark so, that's, yeah. that's available for everyone. So it's not like, hey, I, I had 20 at some point. I have two. So, you know, I mean, that, that could be tricky. So I have to make sure I set the bar high enough that uh, some of them are, Never gonna be beaten Impossible. anymore, right? So to be, that's yeah. that's one of the objective. Maybe, uh, like I said, I think the the full trick shot marathon probably. Uh, I just need to figure out how to do it. But I want to do something maybe for like a charity or something, and uh, and maybe try to beat uh, forty eight hours of playing trick shots in a row. The problem is it's all by myself, so it takes a bit of training too and a bit of uh, uh, preparation. Um, so you know we shall see when this happens, but I think it, I really want to try attempt it. And uh, other than that, now just uh, too busy anyway with everything. So yeah, run imagine, like four uh,
0: business out of the house, so it's a bit much now. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, listen, if we manage, if you manage to, I say we, if you manage to sort the the forty eight hour event, you know, we'll make sure we share it around around England because that would be an That's incredible it. incredible thing to do. Okay, that would be great. Um, so yeah, but you know we're kind of nearing the end of our time now. Um, what was I going to ask next? Yeah, so bit of an interesting one. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But who's the most famous contact in your phone book? Hmm, that's interesting. I don't even know. Huh? These are the kind of things those English people ask. Wow. <laughs>
1: uh, man, I would have no clue at the moment. Let's see. It's got to be a pool player or no pool player, because pool it, player I pretty much have all of them at my my think so I don't know if we can say that it's famous, right? That's I your, mean
0: your dis, your discretion. You uh, you decide. I'm gonna look. A sta- okay, I'm a, running through us, here. Give us a standout name.
1: Standout name, man. This is tough. I don't know. I don't know that I have anybody that's well. The Dude Perfect guy,
0: maybe? Who is I mean, that?
1: they're really Dude Perfect all YouTubers. Right, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: They're quite big. I mean, I would say that's probably, you know, something I would say is probably the most uh, most famous. I mean, they have, what, yes, like 50 million subscribers. So of, I bet yeah, some wow. people would kill to have their number, which we won't give online. <laughs> yeah, no, don't uh, No, please. Other than that, obviously, you know, all kind of pool player, from Darren Appleton to Eva Lawrence to Allison Fisher to... <laughs> Generally, right? So I don't know oh, that's fair that we, enough. They're, they're the most famous. But, I mean, Alison Fisher's pretty high there. In she, terms of, in terms of the world, the, it's famous. The meta, uh, the, what's it called in England? The, the thing that she got uh, dubbed by the Queen, right, back then or something like oh, that? like an NBA. Yeah, she got an NBA, right? So, oh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's that is good pretty famous. That. Oh, okay. I have a uh, headliner magicians in there Okay, from Vegas. A okay. couple of them, actually. Ah, that's okay. pretty solid, too.
0: Yeah, that is solid. You can, probably, uh, you can probably stop now. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's, that's going to I think, well, let's say headliner magician in Vegas is probably
0: uh, yeah, It's going to have to be, yeah, I that's, think. That's some going, fair play. Listen, Florian, it's been amazing having you on the show. Um, you know, what you do for Paul is incredible. I don't know anybody that's watched your videos and has ever said a bad thing about them. Um, it's been an absolute honour having you on the show as well. You know, we're quite a relatively new show. And it is doing well, but to have you on has been, it's been amazing. Um, So I do thank you and the guys at the studio, thank you as well. Um, If you just want to stick with me just for a moment while I close out the show. Okay. Thank you very much. So yeah, thank you for listening tonight, guys. Um, Another great show. We do this week coming up, have Paul Fox and Ryan Gibbs from the break room on the show. So please join in for that one. A couple of shout outs from us. We do have my promoter, Mark Smith, um, his website is www.ukworldqsports.com snooker and Paul. if you like your Q Sports, please go and check it out it's a great page and then obviously to my sponsor Potters who none of this you know would be possible without their incredible guys so keep up the good work um, from myself from Florian and everyone else here at Short Talk and Microbrew Radio I hope you have a great week and thank you for listening in this show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores or just say Alexa, play Microbrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks.